Imagine being able to travel to any point in time. Where would you go? And what would you do? You could witness some of the greatest moments in history. That's gotta be Kane! Break it down! Alright everybody, welcome, welcome back. This is the first official pay-per-view recap that we are doing. I'm excited about it. Yeah, not not the least of excitement here is it's also Mr. Roberts' 30th birthday right it now. It is my birthday. Um, so if you want to rewind to the last uh, podcast we did, that would be the last podcast of my 20s. I'm officially now 30 years old. And you'll probably be swearing a lot less now. Uh, that, since that is correct. Matured so much. I am so matured. I matured mostly at the second episode after hearing <laughs> yeah. my language from maybe the first. Maybe you were born a couple weeks sooner than you think. I feel like that's why we don't have listeners because they listen to the first one. Like, yeah, this I, I kind of thought about that. Should such an have, ass yeah. and a douche. We should just delete that first episode. Yeah, but you know, every time I'm like, oh, you have, you have a podcast? I'm like, yeah, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, I, listen I, to the know, second I one. To episode three with my parents today. As we drove to dinner, and I, I was like, "Oh, don't worry, Robert doesn't swear that much in it," and so they were down to listen to it. So we're really alienating this, you know, fifty-plus-year-old people uh, who. who <laughs> That's wanna, our market. Yeah, and you know, we want everybody to be fans. Um, speaking of fifty-plus-year-olds, um, I got you a little birthday present, Rob. Um, it's not the Playgirl from Shawn Michaels. No, is it? no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't dream of getting you that. That's our donor's job. So, guys, continue to donate. But here, I'm going to play it for you guys live, first time ever heard before by Robert Ross, the 30 year old uh, from his favorite wrestler, also known as Gangrel. Gangrel. Hey, Rob. One, two. This is a cameo? Yes. Three, four, you better lock your door. One. Six, grab a crucifix, cause the brood's lit, and we're coming after your ways. You like those birthday candles, and you're turning 30th. Happy, happy birthday on May 25th. Tom is letting me know what was going on, so I'm reaching out to you, and I'm telling you, have a fang and a banging birthday, Rob. Want some, get some, bad enough, take some. I hope you have a tremendous birthday. You're turning 30 years old. Hope it's fang and a banging. From Gangrel, myself, the vampire warrior, and leader of the brood. Happy, happy birthday. Don't forget that guy, Thomas, just spoke this thing for you, too. So. <laughs> happy birthday, Rob. I like how he just says, hey, fuck the guy that paid for this shit. But, you know, we're ganging and banging. Fang I appreciate it. Want oh, yeah, some? fanging and banging. Some? My apologies. Yeah. Go ahead and take some. Dude, man. yes. Gangrel. Wow. Um, I appreciate it. I was never... I loved the brute. I did. And and then I was an adult, and I recapped on some of his mic skills, and they were not so good. But he was, he did well there. Yeah, great promo. I think he's grown a lot on his mic work uh, over the years. Yeah. You know, I, I so... We've been doing this podcast. Where's Where's he at? Because uh, in this I, video, he's behind, he's behind a ring. Yeah, he's he's definitely at a at a ring working out. And it has to be super bright out because he has some, well, he's a vampire. Right, he can't he's got vampire. sunglasses on. Yeah, you know, so he's he's protected. He's not sparkling or anything, but 
He's in Florida. He's I not one of them glowing ones yeah, is, that you see in Twilight. He's the whole reason Twilight exists. He's the Edward Cullen before Edward Cullen. So he's banging high schoolers too? Because oh, I always thought that was weird in Twilight. What do you think fanging and It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, Edward's so cool. He's 500 years old. He's banging high schoolers. Yeah, you know. What a life. What a life. That's why I was always Team Jacob. But nonetheless. Me too. Wolf, wolf, baby. (laughs) I think that Gangrel's in Florida still doing wrestling on the independent. Well, no shit. He's in Florida. (laughs) Then why'd you ask? (laughs) What facility was he in? I know it's in Florida. Let me me check his snap location real quick. But, you know, let me open up the cameo app. It tells me exactly where he's at. Once you buy a cameo, you have yeah. consistent yeah. GPS tracking for the rest of their life. Now I spent top dollar on that cameo, so I'm glad you appreciate. I it. appreciate it, guys. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes. But I also have to give a shout out to one of our uh, listeners and donators, George Smatter. Um, donated $150 and the comment was this is for the sunny shirt so George I will google that sunny shirt and I will make that purchase but I will say George don't uh, be mad if I accidentally buy the HBK playgirl (laughs) I will try to buy the shirt but you know can't be mad at the birthday boy yeah you know it's my day I get to choose right yeah and if I want a sexy boy with a title around his cock, then then I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we will dive into the first match, and this is a little confusing because the pay-per-view. All right, so I can't go in the future and tell you how many times we're going to mention the timeline here, <laughs> but the pay-per-view starts. We Actually... literally did a time machine thing. <laughs> we went back an hour. So this is this is the most logical part of the entire episode that you guys. I'm going to be honest, guys. We <laughs> recorded the first probably 30 minutes of this podcast. Tom and I both had to pee, and I think I accidentally deleted it. So we're re-recording this. So if it's repeated stuff, just bear with us. But basically, in this pay per view, there's a couple matches shown. And the power goes out due to a giant rainstorm. And then it comes to Raw. And then they finish it on Tuesday. So Sunday, the pay-per-view does a couple matches. Monday, There's they do the Raw. Run. And then Tuesday, they finish the rest of this pay-per-view, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll and, and, you'll, and you'll hear all about what happens. I can, oh my, my premonition is telling me that we go into detail on most of these coming up matches. But one that we're going to go into detail right now is the actual first match, which actually happens as scheduled. This is the only match that happens as scheduled to our eyes, and it's the opening match of the In Your House, Beware of Dog. In Your House, Beware of Dog. It's such a weird title. (laughs) The Wild Man, Mark Miro. Yeah, so you would expect to excel in in something called Beware of Dog. Yeah, so it's Mark Miro versus Triple H and... Um, we noticed that Mark Merrill's cutting a promo before before this match, and he has this weird, weird accent that's like, I don't know. You know, I think now that you mention it, maybe it was trying to be Australian. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like definitely half not. Australian, but half, I don't know. That's wild, man, right? 
Right, he's a wild yeah. card. I mean, I mean, when you look at an actor that can't, I mean, you can do a British accent, you can do an Irish accent, and I know you can do a Mankind accent. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Maybe I'll, I'll bust really it out later yeah. in the episode if you guys are lucky. Um, but he does this weird accent. I'm like, what is? what kind of accent is he trying to do? Like, who's he trying to fool? But at the same time... Also, I'm also appreciating this foreign accent because, like, oh, it's something I've never heard of. So he must be a wild man. So I mean, I mean, props to Mark Merrill on this. The promo was dog shit. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I, it was just the first time I've heard him talk, and I just thought it was a weird accent. I don't. Know. The more I'm looking into it, the more I'm finding out how profound and what an artist this guy really is. <laughs> so. At this match, we find out, and they've mentioned before, and it, eh, we might have hinted before in the other podcast, but Sable, who walks out with Mark Merrow, um, used to be with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, yeah, a.k.a. They Triple have a H. history together. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, most wrestlers, you know, at some point there's a lady involved, but consistently in Triple H's career, he's got a love interest, whether it's um, Sable or... One of the random broads he brings out, or Stephanie, China, yeah. Or Stephanie yeah, yeah, whoever he's... it is. There's a lot of drama with him and chicks, and I don't know if that makes a good heel, but it works for him. But I don't, yeah. I don't know why in my head, like that part in that Kid Rock song goes with the chicks with beat boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with it, but <laughs> I just thought it was worth mentioning. And the chicks with beat boots. <laughs> But I bet all those chicks with beepers <laughs> were big Triple H fans. Dude, I will tell you what we I had a a gym teacher when I was in elementary school, and R.I.P. to um, Mrs. Leach. Um, she basically looked like the Ultimate Warrior. She was a lesbian. Um, like I said, R.I.P. Nothing but respect to her. She was a phenomenal teacher, but she had a beeper. And every time I saw her, even as a kid, I remember that uh, Kid Rock song. And the chicks were beepers. You ever say that to her? I was intimidated as uh, fuck okay. by her. No, I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Well, back to the show. Um, you got Triple H coming out with some random... Yeah, and she shit. is very, you know... She's, you know, uh, she's like... It's almost like, you know, you could tell she's just with him for his pedigree no pun intended uh, yeah but she's actually, like uh f- fancy she's got this like bowl cut not bowl cut but <laughs> <laughs> like shoulder cut length which was like unheard of in the 90s no one did like that you, you can't do that you couldn't do that back you couldn't do that back then no, it was all about long hair oh, long hair yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you couldn't do the karen haircut now yeah but she did very Right. Well, she was, and then drink every time I see yeah, aristocratic. It's like, it's almost like yeah, like her dad was friends with Triple H's dad, and yeah, like it, it was an arranged marriage, and we'll get into that in a little, a little, a little bit there. Um, but basically, um, Mark Marrow match starts off. Mark Marrow goes for a it's almost like a spear. Uh, Triple H moves, and Mark Marrow hits his left shoulder on the uh, ring post in the turnbuckle, and. Uh, kind of looked real to me. Well, you know there. He looked like his shoulder literally just went into that steel rod of the turnbuckle. Yeah, and, and just kind of, uh, as a, you know, premonition to the cerebral assassin Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, continues to work on that shoulder the entire Yeah, night. it happens uh, uh, twice, and it, I mean, 
I know, I know it's not real, but his shoulder legitimately was going in at like 18 miles an hour into that turnbuckle. So I know we mentioned in another episode you were talking. We talked about how great Triple H was, and you mentioned how he, um, you know, he, he he's a total heel and he he does it so well and, and you know focuses on one body part. And in this match, he literally only focuses on one body part and that is the injured left shoulder of uh the wild man mark marrow yeah and it's very it's really really a lopsided match i think maybe mark marrow gets like six seven offensive moves yeah and in this move in in this match i should say that you know his shoulder's basically out so he's like um, catering to his left shoulder, but he's doing like flips outside the ring where he's like holding his arm, but he's just using his body weight as a weapon. Yeah, I think which he does, I could appreciate. Yeah, he does some some cool hurricanrana type things. He does. Yeah, he's kind, kind of only of cool, using I think his lanes. Yeah, episode, he has a really good roll ups. His roll ups are, are really good. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the ropes back then, but I mean, they're very impressive. So I don't know he, why a wild man would be really good at just roll ups, but not and not other cool stuff. But <laughs> he's really good at roll ups. Yeah, so there's a spot in this match where um, uh, Mark Merrow is kind of uh, catering to his left shoulder and Triple H is outside of the ring and he feels like, well, the only thing I can do is use my body as a weapon. Yeah. So he flips over the ring, goes to land on Shawn Michaels and he lands on both his feet but kind of buckles his knee and it looks like his like ACL gives out or something. So he's kind of like, and they don't talk about it during this match, but he's kind of favoring his left knee i believe or right knee one of his knees so basically he has no extremities to use during this match he's he's like a quadriplegic in there and it's really hard to muster any type of offense Um, yeah so really triple h dominates yeah i mean he's literally like i said only using moves against his left shoulder really just targeting his uh injured left shoulder and at the end of the match you know triple h is basically just winning in a landslide and goes for a um a pedigree but as we mentioned earlier apparently uh sable and triple h used to be some sort of item um triple h kind of pans over to the left to look at sable to make sure she's looking at his finishing move and she's just kind of like staring out in la la land into the the audience so he stops doing his finisher goes ringside and tells sable well Look, bitch, I'm going to end this motherfucker right here. Yeah, and I want you to see it. And I want you to see it. She's not really looking into space or in La La Land. She just doesn't want to watch Mark Miro get dominated uh, by Triple H. I I guess, but she wasn't turning away like frantically like, I I can't watch this. She was just kind of looking like... Well, she's just not a great actress. It's not... Sonny would have pulled that off very well. You know, Sonny was the GOAT at the time. You know, there was nobody better than Sonny. Sable, she's got some room And there's nobody better than Sonny. Hashtag I like it. The new shirt's coming in the mail. 14 days, baby. 14 days? Wow. Express shipping. I don't know where it's. I have no idea where it's coming from. It's gotta be probably like gonna Central be Kentucky, like four right? ti- four sizes too small. <laughs> but either way, uh, Triple H um, wants Sable to look at the pedigree. So finally, he gets her attention. She looks. He goes to shoot the pedigree, and Mark Marrow, with 
no strength or any limbs that he has left, flips Triple H over his back, and Triple H actually hits the turnbuckle, but past the turnbuckle. He hits the yeah, middle part of it. he hits the ring it. post. Yeah, so. he hits the actual ring post. Yeah, correct. And he is out after that. And Mark Merrow goes for the pin. One, two, three. Very one-sided match. Turns the other way. And Mark Miro gets the W, which is very surprising. Yeah. Um, I know I said this earlier. It's like, I don't like the ending of this because it was just like, eh, he hit the ring post, one, two, three. But it's better than a roll-up, right? You never said this before. This is the first time you're saying it. Wink, wink. We didn't do this already. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't do this already. Yeah, but it's better than a roll-up, right? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. But yeah. I mean, but like, no, Mark, Mar- Mark Merrill's roll ups are good. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Maybe he he, has a gr- he probably should have done a good yeah, roll up. You know. He has really great roll ups. And it was, it was good. Um, right. But I mean, it was compared fine to him, today's WWE, the I, last Raw I watched was like two weeks ago. And there was like, I mean, it's a three hour show. There was one clean match. Other than that, it's a roll up, DQ, or something else. And it's just like. Why even have a match if it's going to end in either a roll-up or a DQ? And she's just like, like Charlotte Flair is like comes back as this great heel and she's doing great promos and then loses, doesn't get a title match or loses the title match and then it's just like roll-ups until the next pay-per-view. It's just silly. I'm not a big fan of the roll-up. Unless, yeah. like like I said, or days like or roll-up. 96 roll-ups, I appreciate those. Yeah, they uh, they went all out for them. Now it's just because they're just cool. Work. They got like pizzazz and like yeah, but they, they, they also you get burnt out on roll ups eventually. You were used of to course, but the roll ups now are just like they literally just like grab their ass and roll them up. Now it's like they lock legs and yeah, do like they're, they're weird a lot more and like technically sound. Yeah, uh, just I mean we're gonna get into our line of the night now because honestly there aren't many more line of the nights because you'll see in the future commentary teams change. There's a raw episode in between, but can I do to, can to, I do my um one JR quote that I remember? You have a good JR quote. Yeah, he yeah. said, um, and obviously he's dissing at Sable. He's like, look at Sable. You King. Oh yeah, King, because yeah. JR's not in commentary until kind of later. So TVD. The the King. Uh, Spoiler alert. Kind of yeah, yeah. I mean. King or uh, Jer isn't ever really on commentary until you'll find out later in this podcast. Uh, but the King says, uh, you know, Sable spent, uh, I don't know if the hours are correct, but 10 hours in the salon today. And that was just for a quote. <laughs> Classic King. And he really does his best work at this time frame when Sable's in the ring. And I don't know. But I mean, hold on. Can I dissect this quote for a little bit? Please do. Because I know it seems silly and it's kind of, you're probably rolling your eyes as anyone else should. But how much, how long does it take to groom a horse? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, maybe 10 hours. You think that's a coincidence? He called her rhinestone like two episodes ago. Kentucky Derby winner. 96 Kentucky Derby winner, exactly. Yeah, and he made a Mr. Ed joke. Uh, during this episode, I didn't write it down because I felt bad. Because I was like, "Man, really loose, you know, calm down with the horse stuff. Like, come up with a different animal." And he does. So one of my lines is, "I think they filmed the movie Gorillas in Sa- uh, the Gor- Gorillas in the Mist in Sable's shower." 
And so I looked up Gorillas of the Mist, and that is the Diane Fossey biopic um, about her time with the gorillas. So he moved from horse. Gorilla Monsoon? Maybe. That's something <laughs> to do with Gorilla Monsoon. So he moves on to uh, from horse to gorilla in the same match. Interesting. Could I also... He does somewhere within either the pay-per-view or Raw that I remember, and it was a very bad line. I think he said, someone is, I think he said, uh, someone is so stupid that they brought an umbrella to the movie Purple Rain. I think you made that up. Do you think you made that up? Or do you think that it's really? No, that's, that's, I, I. Wish I made. Who do you it think he's talking about? That's interesting. It, it was some face, but uh, I don't know. It was really, really bad because he tr- in in the match he tries to say it. He goes, "So and so, so stupid." He brought a, and then Vince McMahon cuts him off like, "Oh, that's a power bomb." And then he says it about like maybe two minutes later. Yeah, Vince McMahon's not a good commentator, and he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, I don't think he's that bad. He's I mean, not great, but he better than Michael Cole right now. I don't, I don't know about that, but he just doesn't let King do his thing, and that's what Michael Cole was good at. And that's what I feel like King needs to be <laughs> needs to be contained a little bit. Not that he much. made a Hitler reference. I still didn't hear that. And <laughs> like, I, I, we like don't need to get into episode. the Hitler stuff again. We did a whole episode without Hitler. Now we go back in time. <laughs> To do a Hitler reference? Come on. If anything, people are like, okay, so why don't you use your time machine to just stop Hitler? <laughs> like, we're only stopping Hitler so King can't make that reference. No, yeah. I mean, we got this from X-Pac. It's not like it's the best time machine. We can't just change anything. <laughs> we did get it from X-Pac. There were so many Percocets in this thing. <laughs> like, is it raining caps? They're gone. Some, yeah. I don't know what happened to them. They're gone, but... X-Pac, thank you for the time machine. Yeah, and also, do not charge us for the Percocets, because I don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> He's 30 now. He needs them. So, uh, and uh, a couple other King lines uh, in, in reference to Sable. Sable's so ugly, Ted Danson wouldn't date her. And I know why Mark Miro takes Sable wherever he goes. Why is that? So he never has to kiss her goodbye. <laughs> That's my line of the night. Uh, for a pay-per-view, I thought, I, I don't know. I feel like, well, as you can tell later on in this episode, King isn't on commentary. So these are like the few one-liners really that we have. for people to uh, realize these things until they happen on the podcast. As you know. As you know. As you'll find out. now. Spoiler alert. When we get to that part, King will um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we're... Basically, going to go off of those few lines, right? Yeah. What, what is your line? That's my line. Is the is why why uh, Mark Miro always has Sable at his side, so he never has to kiss her goodbye. It's so bad, but it's, like there, it's all uh, bad. Fine. All right, line of the night, guys. You <laughs> you heard it here. Big, what's called Big Tom's line of the night. I'll let you choose it because it's all so bad. Well, what was yours then? You're going to go with the first one, the beauty shop. No, I just, just for a quote. What was yours again? <laughs> I think mine was, what do you think fanging and banging means? I'm all, my line of the night is fanging and banging yeah. by Grangrel. There we go. Can we agree with that? Hell yeah. yeah, fanging and banging. Fangin and I banging. love it. Happy birthday, Rob. That might be the line of the year. Fanging and banging for the cameo. This should be your motto for 30, you know? 
take some, get some, go ahead and grab some or whatever he says. Is that what he said? We're going to um, have to rewatch it. Yeah, we'll do it. Well, I have yeah. it forever now. Yeah, we're going to get tattoos um, on our lower backs that say whatever Gangrel told us. Yeah, fangin' and bangin'. Wait, why don't we do uh, lip tattoos? Yeah. That's what I'll do mean. fangin'. And you want to do bangin'? Bangin'? Hell yeah. Who's going to do and? Moon. Moon, you better get an and. It's an ampersand, right? Is that what that's called? Yeah. An ampersand. It's also Tim's middle name. Is and? Ampersand. Ampersand. <laughs> Tim Ampersand Chang. Tim Ampersand Chang. Moon, what do you got to say about that? Moon, who's your favorite wrestler? Chris Jericho. Oh, that's a good I answer. Don't think, I don't believe you. I don't believe him either. Thank you. I don't believe him either. Yeah, that's a great answer. I bought a shirt for. Well, where is it? What what shirt? It what a, shirt? Save us, right, Two J. When did you buy that? In high school. Was you that when we were into wrestling still? Yeah, root beer I wear that shit to school every single day. I don't so, remember that. I don't remember that either. Yeah, yeah I feel like. When I was in when I was in high school, I was, I had I had all the wrestling shirts. I was just shirts. banging chicks left and right. I didn't have time to buy wrestling. Yeah, shirts. yeah. Save us, why two finger bang? Yeah, yeah. yeah. you missed out. I'm just getting so many handies. Um, yeah. Why Chris Jericho though? Just like his persona. Yeah, but his I feel persona. when he did the Y two J, did he have that short hair? No, no, no. Well, he, not, he, he liked him when he came back. He didn't know Chris Jericho before that. Yeah. He's not a big attitude guy. Here. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm saying Y2J, he still had long hair, though, he correct? Came back, well, he did originally. No, when he came back, it was short. Yeah, but why Y2, Y2J. Y2J, I, I don't think I moved to Michigan then. No, yeah. Because that, no, no, like, t- that was early. That was 2000s. Back, you were in Michigan at the end of it. I think he left in 03. When he came back in like 05, he still has short hair, but he's still Y2J. And he mentions in Broken Skull Sessions how he felt like it was a cheap persona, cheap impersonation of the character Y2J. So then yeah, when yeah, he I left again, that. he came back as a different version of himself and kind of got got rid of the Y2J moniker, the, the sayings and everything that Tim liked yeah. about him. I mean, he was... I don't want to defend him. He's not my favorite wrestler. He's up there, though. He He's one of the goats, but... I kind of want Tim to defend him. Why do you think he's so great, Tim? I think Tim... I Okay, we're, this is a podcast for people that don't just know us exclusively. I can't get into <laughs> why I think Tim's lying right now. No, but, but Tim is lying. Because <laughs> Y2J is... He is one of the greatest wrestlers, but like... I feel like that's a cop out answer. Like that's what that's what we want to hear, you know. That's a cop out. Who's answer. your second favorite wrestler, Tim? Yeah, who's your second favorite wrestler? Second. Yeah. It's real tricky. Yeah, because you're fucking with us. Mm-hmm. If it was real, you'd have a second guy. Mm-hmm. Look, like I said, I'm sticking with Y2J. He's your first and second favorite wrestler. Not the second. Damn, you're the first. biggest Y2J fan. I'm going to get a yeah. cameo for you from him. Yeah, now we got to get a cameo yeah. from Jericho. That's going to cost Boku bucks. He's relevant still. Yes, he is. He's still relevant. How much money would it take of a donation for the Mama Chicken recipe? Because I could get our listeners behind this. 
Okay, I'll explain it to them. Okay, <laughs> so Tim's family used to run a Chinese restaurant in a small town in Michigan, and they had this recipe called Mama Chicken that was so superb. It had these young adolescent boys basically, you it's know, the lining. Michael Jackson of Chinese food. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Because people think like, think okay, mama chicken. Said. Like when I think like, because it was a deep fried chicken, correct? Mm-hmm. But people usually think like General Sow style. Like, it was like yeah. General So. So like say General So. Is, is like it Steward. So or Sow? Is it General So or Sow? Thanks for that. Well, which one is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, these are such bullshit answers. From the, they're the most politician answers. Like, middle of the road. Like, don't want to offend anyone. Is it so or so? I say so. Well, so, you're, so. So. What? So I'm right. So. No. Yeah, I, you just say so. That's racist. No, that's not. And Tim's not never, even true Asian. I have never seen anyone called so. I always say general so. Yeah, but you also said you also say minestrone. I I did say minestrone because I did hear an Italian person say minestrone, <laughs> so I kind of ran with it. What did I order? I so so Tom and I we, we went to this Italian restaurant and I ordered something that was very complicated, Fairly and I was perfectly. a little I was a little nervous ordering it because of the pronunciation. Yeah. But it all sounded so good. Server, so I like took a stab at it. Server goes, wow, good pronunciation. He goes, yeah, and I'll do a bowl of a minestrone. <laughs> and, it ru- <laughs> and it ruined everything. <laughs> Whatever it was I ordered. And she's like, oh, great pronunciation. I'm like, I felt so good. And I go, and then I'll do a bowl of a minestrone. I bit off more than I could chew. I was so cocky at that point. I'm like, everyone else said minestrone. And I'm like, I'll do a bowl of the minestrone. <laughs> She just slapped him across the face. <laughs> yes, she did. But we got uh, we got a free uh, creme brulee yeah. and espresso. I got an espresso for free. That was, that was nice. Ooh, which was very. We're gonna nice. edit all this out, right? No, I don't. I don't want no, this. It's too this late tonight. I'm not. It's literally gonna go from this point to to the like, whole rest of the podcast. So then the lights turn back on and blah 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 blah. Yeah. All right. So. Let's just edit this, and we'll we'll move to the next match, right? All right, we are back. Hopefully, this audio is working. Tom, go ahead and talk real quick. Uh, yeah. So I think you know that's the the last match before the power goes out, of course. So weirdly enough, there's just one match, and then you lose power, and you don't really realize it if you're watching the episode. Uh, there, I'm sure if you were there, you would have noticed, or if you're watching it live. But then the next match is just all of a sudden the title match. Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog. Yeah, and at the end of that match, you can see um, that Vince is thanking the viewers for their patience for the power outage already. Sorry, God knows how long that was. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, it was all the other matches. You find out later that they did still go through with all the matches. For the people in the audience who couldn't see any of it? Yeah, you'll find that out. It's so confusing, but you'll find this out on Raw the next day that, like, they finished this whole pay-per-view. The power was out, but they finished this whole pay-per-view in the dark. And they they go to show it on Raw, and it's just like, it's completely dark. You just see, like, one person go against the rope, and then they just disappear. So it's like, why would they even continue this? So... 
I guess spoiler alert, but you find out that Savio Vega wins the strap match right. in the dark. Right. Not saying that that's going right, to happen in the right. future, but you find out that Savio Vega wins and it's much But right now we're dealing with HBK and the British Bulldog. Right. Very, very out of order, but still was the last match of that night. So yeah, so this is a title match. Title this match, is a, a, a big matchup. Yeah, WWF Championship on the line here. So before, as this match goes on, which is kind of weird because HBK comes out first, right? Maybe. Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, never mind. <laughs> uh, forget everything. I'll edit it out. I will not edit this out. All right. So Clarence Mason is this attorney for the British Bulldog, right? Um, and before the match even starts, he uh, says he's going to... They keep saying this. I'm going to drop a yeah. pipe bomb. Yeah. Pipe bomb. Pipe bomb is like the term of the 1996 era, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I mean, it's probably right. It's right before they that one guy tried to bomb the uh, Atlanta Olympics. So maybe... Yeah. And then they switched to the mic drop. Yeah. yeah. yeah and it became mic drop. Mm-hmm. So Clarence Mason is this attorney. And he says before the match... Basically, that Shawn Michaels is going to be served in a subpoena. But what charges are you thinking, right? What did Shawn Michaels exactly do? Right. Well, I mean, it seems like they're real serious about what he did. I didn't know you can get sued for fucking somebody's wife. Well, if it's not consensual, you could. That is correct. Can you sue somebody for rape, though? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but you just go to jail, right? Do you actually get money for this? Or yeah, but I mean, you, you go, to, go jail to jail for rape, but you don't. He goes, mean... absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But like, I still have a lot to learn. Charges, but... I'm 30 now. I have a lot to learn. <laughs> so he's suing him, and his quote exactly is attempted alienation of affection. Right. That is a weird, weird uh, charge. And I, I don't even know that that is legal. I don't know, but this guy sounds like he knows what he's doing. Well, he does have a neck brace on. Yeah, he's smoking this for everything it is. He's like, and sir, why are you in a neck brace? He's like, heartbreak kid. My heart is broken. <laughs> and it went up to my neck. I don't I don't know. Well, but he, heart but he's getting sued brace. basically for, and the quote is, attemptive alienation of affection. And I was going to look that up. Uh, but then it you, gave like, me. Do you want to know what those words mean? or Well, first, attempted. Yeah. What is that? Trying to do something. Okay, alienation. Kind of like separation. Separation. Yeah. I okay. Of. Of. What does that mean? Of. Which is what? <laughs> you can't say of means of. What does of mean? Uh, pertaining to something. It's See, a. It's a. It's a preposition, have, right? Yeah, it's a preposition. Define it with more complicated words than what it is. All right. What is affection? Because Amanda says it to me all the time. Yeah. You never show affection. No. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And she doesn't explain it. Now, how are you supposed to learn? It's yeah. showing that you love and care for someone. And I'll put also the actor. The Webster Dictionary defines of as... <laughs> all right, so as this match if goes... If wasn't just playing Pokemon, he could Google the definition Dude, of we need we need someone here to Google this stuff. And he's just sitting here catching Pokeballs in his mouth for some reason. Also, I will take another beer when you get a moment. That's empty. Guys, we gotta you point to an empty beer. For beer. Moon, you could talk. What? Go ahead and talk. Stick with the fucking podcast. Whoa! Stick with the podcast. Talk I, one time. I know. I know, dude. Who do you think? Dude, you are, what are you? What is this? The first episode? <laughs> We're PG thirteen now. Yeah, jeez. We get one an episode. All right, there's like 
six packs in, in the garage fridge. Go ahead and grab those. Thanks, Moon. All right, so HBK is served the subpoena. And what does Shawn Michaels do? He rips it up like a boss. Yeah. So, And the crowd goes wild. Yeah, the crowd goes wild. I don't have much notes for this match. It was... It was all right. I, you know, it there were some there yeah. were some good spots. It was an okay match. I mean, for a title match, it was okay. Yeah. So I mean, going into it, I'm watching it, and, and I'm like, oh, this, and again, I had no idea the power outage at the time when I'm watching this because it just goes to this match. They don't really mention it, and I'm like, oh man, this is a really weird time. Like now nowadays, if you put a title match second on the pay per view, you know that the champion's going to retain. So I'm just thinking, oh, this is a this is a BS match. Shawn Michaels is going to win, and it's going to go on to the next thing. But the match itself, decent. British Bulldog does some decent. All right work. I mean, it wasn't. I wasn't glued to the TV, right. but you know, it was. It was a decent match. So I guess it was pretty, pretty evenly matched up, though. Right. You would say, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the ending of this was very, very interesting. So HBK, the Heartbreak Kid. Goes for almost a suplex. Yeah, he does like a German suplex into a bridge pin. Yes. Is, is what he's going for there. And the ref starts to count. And I remember seeing it as it's happening. I'm like, oh man, his shoulders aren't really up. You know, it's kind of a kind of a sloppy pin. But then it's a one, two, three. And, uh, and we should also mention, of course, uh, we got a little bit of ahead of ourselves. Earl Hepner. Gets knocked out of the ring earlier. He was the ref, of course. For the yeah, so they brought another ref so out. So there's basically ref. two refs in this match. Right. Yeah. And the ref that's in calls it for the British Bulldog. Yeah, so basically, uh, I'll paint a picture. HBK goes for a suplex. And at that point, you know, British Bulldog's shoulders are down. Thanks, Moon. Um, and also, Shawn Michaels' shoulders are down. So they go for a pin, one, two, three. But they're giving it to the British Bulldog. So HBK is technically kind of under British Bulldog. I mean, we'll, we'll get into who won and why. But who did you think won this match? I Tom? thought that the British Bulldog had more of a right to the pin than Shawn Michaels. Interesting, because I'm going to go the opposite way yeah, on you. Okay. I'm, I mean, I, I, we I are know. literally the two refs right yeah, now. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, I've so, always identified yeah. with Earl Hebner, so, but I'm on the other side. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, so what made you think British Bulldog won this so, one? So Shawn Michaels goes for the movies clearly on the offense, and he's intending to pin. But his shoulders are down, and he's under the British Bulldog. So in my book, that's a pin. Shawn Michaels has nothing, really, no leverage to the British Bulldog other than he threw him. So he was the aggressor, uh, but I think the British Bulldog is on top of him. Shawn Michaels' shoulders are down. That would be the pin to me. Okay, I'm also going to side with you on that one because I thought we were on different pages for a second. No, I, I'm all in. I'm all in. British Bulldog one. Because yeah. <laughs> he was under him. Technically, right, he's right, under him. Right. British Bulldog's under him. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to look at like just great chemistry and great wrestling for this match, they show the replay several times from different angles, but it's so cool because, like, finally a spot that you could show. Like, in wrestling, like, certain spots are only good at certain angles. Yeah. This is so perfect because both their shoulders literally land at the exact same time. So their shoulders are on the mat, like, boom, and the pin starts. So all their shoulders are down at the same time. Um, 
But I would say, yeah, British Bulldog's technically above him, so he would get the pin. Either way, both shoulders are down. One ref counts for the British Bulldog win, and everyone goes crazy. There's people in the ring, but then the other ref says, wave this off. I counted a three count for Shawn Michaels. So then they're saying, well, maybe Shawn Michaels won. So Diana just automatically takes the championship and she's just gonna go walk backstage yeah, she she's taking it she's she, like we're that, gonna take if, our if victory I've ever seen attempted alienation of affection <laughs> that is it guilty guilty <laughs> guilty yeah so she goes to leave with the um the title backstage and gorilla monsoon if you don't know if you haven't listened to the previous podcast he is basically they're showing him as like not the gm but like the, the ceo the commissioner right yeah so he grabs the title from her brings it back to the stage long the short um the announcer comes out and says that the match is a draw both both uh, shoulders were down at the same time, which we've seen several replays. They're both down at the same time. So they're saying that um, it's a draw, but a title cannot change hands due to a draw, which I love this because it's like, due to the title, it cannot be changed at a draw. So your winner and still... Well, he's not a winner. Yeah. But they're like, and still, yeah. the WWE Championship, Shawn Michaels. Is, and then the music breaks out. And it's like, well, it's not really a victory. It's just always great, better because it's the best theme music. So way better than whatever the British Bulldog comes out to. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so then for this pay-per-view, this is when the power actually just goes out. No, no, no. The power was out before. No, no, but it went back on for this match, right? Yeah, it came back on. And yeah, so this is one like the the next. There's two more matches so, in this pay per view, but three they. More. Not that so so. I think you're still confused about this. I am so confused, the, the, and I want to explain entire... this for our listeners as much as possible. <laughs> but I don't even grasp it. The first match happens, Mark Miro Triple H. Then the power goes out as Savio Vega is walking out to the ring for the strap match, which is supposed to be the second match. Mm. Then the power is out for all of the other matches. It comes back. Oh, on. so this was the main main yeah, event. This was okay. the main event, and that's so, why it, it went second because it was still really. Okay, so let me get this straight. Yeah. This was the title match, yeah, which correct. was the main event, correct. the last match. Correct. But the power was technically on for this match. It came back in time for the main event. So uh, all those okay. other matches happened in the dark. Imagine you, being there yeah, and you had to watch two matches in the complete <laughs> dark. Yeah, you're real, those are this real This is fans. how I was when I went to go see, um, I think it was Survivor Series, and the show said it started at 8, and I went there, and as soon as we got to our seats, I hear, and like, and the new tag team champions, <laughs> the Viking Raiders. I'm like, I thought this started at 8. <laughs> we missed an entire show. So, I mean, either way. So if we're watching this pay-per-view, Stop it right there. Right. And watch the next Raw. Right. Because this will fill you in. So this is where we'll jump to. Right. We'll get back to this pay-per-view, but it all this kind Raw of, is they, important. They, they do an interesting job because when I watch it, I'm like, oh, they're probably not going to talk about... They're not going to like continue on the story on a Monday and then go back on Tuesday. Oh, they did. Film, but they, they did. They did, yeah. So like, 
I started watching the rest of the pay-per-view, and I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't see all this stuff on Raw the day before. So then you have to go back to Raw because it starts a lot of different things. This is a terrible spot to start because like our listeners are like, oh, well, it's 25 years ago. I'm trying to like comprehend right. everything that's I, going on. I, I'm like, well, then you got to watch this Raw. Yeah. Then you got to watch this pay-per-view. The power goes out. So yeah, then finish Raw understand. midway through. Yeah, it's, it's never going to be this confusing. So yeah, if it you will, can yeah. get through this if you can get, I agree. If you can get through this, it's like... If you ever like, I listen to audiobooks and they're always like, um, they're always fiction. And it's just like, they'll start with something crazy. And I'm like, tell me the time, the place, like everything that's going on. They'll start like some guy's building a fire, but right. it's like 3,000 years in advance. I'm like, tell me that. Right. Don't make me assume that. Tell me that to begin Because I just assume that with every book I read. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Kill a Mockingbird, I thought, was in the year three. Dude, yeah, 20, yeah, 2019. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, why did they send me Edward so much? This should be canceled. <laughs> but all yeah, right. so, so then we get, to, we get through All right, Raw. so we are starting Raw now. I, and I, I promise this will all make sense <laughs> at the end of this episode, but we have to include it here because it will only make sense. So Raw is starting, and... Hell yeah, dude! We're at King of the Ring. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. Right. We we almost picked like a really good start, a good pay per view, and then we're launching King of the Rings. I'm excited. Yeah, and I I, th- I mean I just little premonition, and I know what happens. At th- I mean I know the end of the King of the Ring this year, but I mean we we wouldn't be fans if it wasn't for this King of the Ring and and all of everything that comes with it. So I'm really excited. Interesting, to see how because I out. saw the King of the Ring lineup, and I just. I, I have no idea. Right. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, ah, eh, there's some decent guys there. Like anyone could really do it. But I'm like, ah, eh. uh, judging off of this match to begin with, like I really have no idea where this is going. Right. So, so I'm happy. So yeah, it's a very active first episode too to just throw in in the middle of a, in one pay per view that you're trying to film, and then there's the next day, and they're still like, you know what, we still got to go with it. And so the first match is uh, Goldust who comes out, mm-hmm. who uh, in, in the pay per view is. Facing the Undertaker in a casket match, which um, happened in the dark, but they don't mention the result of. So I think they're. they're but it, gonna... if like internet was back then, right. which they, if you watch these on Peacock, they advertise America Online for AOL yeah, yeah. all the time, <laughs> and they always pan over to Shawn Michaels like yeah. texting to like fans. But dude, he he uses the keyboard like you're. Like your grandparents use a keyboard. They're like, all right, grandma, it's at gmail.com. And she's like looking for the What's at the symbol. At? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, at, and there's the G. And then like you kind of want, want to, to find the M, but you're kind of like hinting where the M is at the bottom. Yeah. So it's yeah, kind of like that. So he's like typing with like two fingers, right? Like index fingers. So they're advertising America Online. It's just hilarious. <laughs> so the first match is Goldust versus the Ultimate Warrior. And. We both kind of started watching wrestling at the same time, so I wasn't. I always knew of the Ultimate Warrior. I know he was a legend. I've watched matches with him, right. but and I've never watched like non-important and if matches. If you're interested in the Ultimate Warrior, a great, great show, Dark Side of the Ring, which is in its third season right now, is doing an Ultimate Warrior episode on Thursday at nine on Vice, I believe. But and so it looks very interesting. I don't know much of his story. I just know that RIP to the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Well, there's also conspiracies that the Ultimate Warrior isn't the same warrior as when he finished his career. Well, I did just see a clip where his wife mentioned something like that. But oh, more interesting. Like just, yeah. just he started cheating on her, and so she thinks he changed as a person. Well, would you say, I don't know, you can say that... Um, 
what, what was the quote that the attorney said? <laughs> Something <laughs> of affection? Yeah. Uh, alienation of affection? Alienation. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If she uses he, that quote, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> he was guilty of that. You will see from Alienation of affection, yeah. Um, so this is the first King of the Ring match, um, and it is... Uh, it's it's Goldust versus the Ultimate Warrior, and it's first round in King of the Ring, um, and they they basically say in this raw that they'll finish the pay per view tomorrow. Right. So we basically have Sunday half a pay per view, the raw, and then the rest of the pay per view. If that makes sense. And and the match is uh, pretty cool and entertaining actually. Uh, I think for a bit, um, Ultimate Warrior seems to have the edge. Yeah. Goldust tries to run away. And and. Like I said, I don't know much of Ultimate Warrior from his time, but he's very, I don't know, I I don't really like it because it's like so, I don't know, it's just like so fake. Like, like Goldust will like, be like hitting him where he should have been selling it and he just kind of like powers up well, and just like superhero. Yeah, Ultimate Warrior is like that superhero Hulk Hogan type guy. Yeah, I, I don't guy. like it. I don't but like he also it. just at this time comes out with a, a comic book about the Ultimate Warrior. So I think maybe he's trying to promote that by not selling moves from Goldust. Um, and, you know, I think... So eventually Goldust tries to run away. And then out of nowhere, our boy, Ahmed Johnson, yeah. and throws him in, yeah. grabs so, him, and throws him back in towards uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, so, like, during this match, uh, Goldust, like, has seems like he's just had enough and then goes to, like, leave the arena. And as soon as he almost goes backstage, Ahmed Johnson, our boy... I don't. Do we want to pro? <laughs> like I said, the we previous. Don't I don't know what happens to he's him. He's gonna be our boy yeah. for now. Yeah, he's our boy for now. We're all in on him. And if something terrible happens where he's done some fucked up shit, uh, we apologize and cancel us in the future. Yeah. You can cancel me when I run for city senate or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, city of. City we won't city. say the city. No, we won't. Yeah, yeah. Just know we're I Michigan. almost did though, guys. Yeah. You almost got me there. Yeah, Moon's yeah. been pouring these drinks a little <laughs> So Ahmad Johnson throws uh, Goldust back in the ring, and there's a point where you know Goldust is showing his heelish fa- factors. And these are this is this shows just how stupid the refs are back then. And we we've talked about this in many episodes that like the refs are so like dumb back then. Like they had to have somebody out taking notes to make sure that the affiliation we talked about like how Zip and Skip from the Dottie Bonnets have like just switched places mid match. Dottie Bonnets, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so Goldust literally just points like to the corner. The ref looks and he just low blows the ultimate warrior. Like, this is the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. Just point at something and then just do something else. <laughs> no, what's that? And yeah, <laughs> and I I don't I don't know that what leads up to it, but eventually yeah. So Ultimate Warrior does that thing what I was talking about, like where he's getting hit, and you could tell where it's like Goldust is trying to sell something or like throw him into something, and he's just not buying anything. Like anything that Goldust is like doing, he's just like it's it's not phasing him. He starts like I, I guess the best phrase I can say is like he's heating up, like he's yeah. getting superpowers or something, yeah. and then Goldust is like fuck it. I'm going to leave. So Goldust is leaving. He leaves, and they just both get counted out. Yeah. So it's because he goes on the attack again, right? He tries to chase him down, and he gets to be a double count out, which means, allegedly, in the King of the Ring, nobody advances. So now the next spot in the tournament is vacant. Um, and, and it's weird, but 
Then they have, uh, I think. Then they do they go to the next match after that. In the, yeah, in the so they go to um, Ted DiBiase yeah. and Stone Cold again, and apparently they'd already done the strap match. But Ted DiBiase is like, "All right, well, Savio Vega cheated. No one could see that he touched the turnbuckles. Right. If you guys aren't aware what the strap match is, both opponents are basically have a long a leather strap to um, each of their wrists, and in order to win, each uh, one opponent has to touch each turnbuckle, all four turnbuckles, um, consecutively. Yeah, we won't get into why I'm confused about the rules of this match when we actually talk about this sure, match. Sure, sure. But, uh, but yeah, the, yeah the, basically you have to touch the four turnbuckles consecutively. Uh, and, you know, because it was dark, Ted DiBiase and Stone Cold get a rematch because it wasn't really, you couldn't really tell um, who touched the turnbuckles or what happened. So... <laughs> Ted DiBiase well, Yeah, raises, we have a new stipulation for this one. stakes here because he's so confident yeah. uh, Stone Cold's going to win. He says if Savio Vega wins, Ted DiBiase will leave the WWF. So, added stipulation. Which is more which stakes. is big, yeah. I mean, if Ted DiBiase is willing... I mean, right now he's a big figure as a manager. So, for him to leave would be a big match. Especially... If Savio Vega already technically won in the dark, I mean, yeah. So we're going to continue with Raw, and we have the Smoking Guns, which is a tag team. I think we mentioned it previously. Yeah. They're kind of like a Western cowboy style right. tag Bart, team Bart match. Bart Gunn and Billy Gunn um, are brothers. They're the yeah. team. Bart Gunn of uh, the Brawl for All fame and uh, Billy Gunn from DX fame, Mr. Ass fame. Um, but they don't, they don't actually show the match, right? This is just another recap of them beating. Um, no, this is on Raw. Is it the whole match? Yeah, I, I took notes, so <laughs> it, it makes sense. So the body, the versus the body done is as we talked about. Oh, and well, remember, but, I, but the, aren't they tag champions at this point? Oh yeah, that yeah. yeah. So Continue, so, yeah. Right, so they they show a recap again, which apparently they don't let the tag title change hands on televised episodes but but I, makes no sense makes Sunday no sense before the yeah. pay-per-view there was another show that was on cable or whatever or it's just a house show uh where the godwins come out who are the tag champions who beat the body donuts before they come out with sunny as their manager and so it's a big twist everyone's like oh man sunny moved over from the body donuts to the godwins then they fight um bart and billy gun and uh long story short the, uh, the Godwins lose, Barton Billy Gunn become tag champions, and um, then the next thing you know, on Monday Night Raw, Sonny's coming out with them. So yeah. she's just really. This just is so from... much for people to keep up with. <laughs> like I'm a wrestling I, it's fan, it's a lot. So, so we'll put it. We'll put it in this perspective. Sonny was with Sonny the Bonnie Donnas. Yeah. Okay. Well, she's hey, don't talk about my girl like that. You know, she's just trying to find herself. She's chasing the gold wherever it may go. So Sonny was with the Bonnie Donnas. Then she was with the Godwins, which is like that hillbilly group of people. And now she's with the Smoking Guns, which are, I guess, also kind of hillbilly. But they're like well, Western. They're, yeah. they're like cowboys. They're not, like, they're not Southern hillbillies. They're Western hillbillies. Yeah. So it, it's the Smoking Guns in this match. And they now have the titles. As Tom mentioned, it wasn't televised. But they're with Sonny now. So the Smoking Guns come out with Sonny. But we also have Hillbilly Jim, which was... What was that group called? 
The God wins. The God wins. So Hillbilly Jim was like their manager, and he's on commentary for this one. I think he has some good, you know, he's not a, not a bad commentary guy, you know, for a guy named Hillbilly Jim. I think he does. A good I job. agree. And let's not go crazy in this match. There, it was a it was a match, but Phineas, as if you remember, is who kissed Sonny. Yeah, he's super into. Sonny. Yeah, he's like obsessed with Sonny. So he comes out and is basically during this match is going on. It just shows him in the background trying to talk to Sonny, and then the God wins and Hillbilly Jim. The other Godwin brother comes up. Hillbilly Jim leaves commentary, and they take Phineas backstage. Basically, the end of the match, Skip from the Body Donnas, the younger one, is on the top rope and does like some type of uh, frog splash. But the smoking guns turn it into a roll-up, and that's the end of the match. And they retain yeah, the titles. I, I've got I don't want to spend too much time on it. It's already confusing. The smoking guns are going to hopefully hold the titles for more than a week here. Uh, maybe have a decent run. Uh, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. You know, tag tag division's not at its best here. Basically, just a chance to show off Sonny. I, I feel like the ti- I would rather have Sonny as a manager than to actually have the titles. Yeah. Because well, people are going nuts for her. She's all hype. She's like the DJ Khaled of tag matches. She only wants to ch- manage champions. Well, yeah, that is true. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bundle deal. Yeah. yeah, so next we're going to go to another uh, King of the Ring match, and it is uh, Vader versus Amon Johnson. Right. And I even put in parentheses, because I'd never noticed this before, but I put Vader in parentheses, the man they call Vader. Right, that's how they announce him. Yeah, but I never, I always just like, knew him as you, Vader. You know Vader. But no, no, I rewatched everything, and I'm like, here's a new drinking game if you want it. <laughs> I've uh, I've softened up the old potty mouth. If you want to watch this, drink every time they say the man they call Vader. Because it's like, instead of like, oh, Vader's on the turnbuckle. And they're like, the man they call Vader is on the turnbuckle. Right. So what's his real name? We don't know. <laughs> it's just so silly. Like, it's it's such a mouthful. On, like, the ladies call him no, I mean, all the time. Because uh, Vader means father in Dutch. Or German or whatever, like Darth yeah, that's Vader. what Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah so like yeah. just like all the ladies calling him daddy. Yeah, but He's doesn't like, Darth mean Vader. in? Does Darth mean in? Like I N? Yeah, because you have in, Invader, Insidious. Um, in uh, what's the other one? In Plavius? your house, oh, beware of dog pay per view. Yeah. So we have this match, Vader versus Amon Johnson. If you haven't realized by now, Tom and I are all in on Amon Johnson. He's a badass. But we also have Owen Hart on commentary. Right. And I, God, is he awful. I don't know. If, if, he's he's pretty bad. Was he, he wearing a Michigan uh, jumpsuit this time? No. This time he was yeah. not, but he can't like finish a sentence. He's like, I was king of the rain, so this is king of the... I was king of the ring. He was that's king kinda, of the ring. I know, but that's kind of how it is. Like, he can't, like, I don't know. It's like me well, on episode one. He just can't really. Yeah. 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 He's a tulip. Uh, <laughs> the beautiful tulip, beautiful tulip Diana Smith. Uh, so. Uh, Actually, good match, I think, here. I was. So, I, I don't know if you remember last episode. I, uh, you know, we were talking about Ahmed Johnson doing his finisher to skip and zip and. I was like, he's not going to be able to land on Vader or anything. And he doesn't, but he does do some good offense on him. I think he gets Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed. I mean, guy's a, a specimen, man. He's he's crazy. But um, I know we talked about this in previous episodes where Jim Cornette's like, what does he have? Does he have a tennis racket next stage? Because before very it had like. a tennis racket now. 
Yes. <laughs> Before it had like uh, chicken feathers and it was like this red, like, I don't know, it was like a prop. Right. But now it literally is a tennis racket in, in case. a case yeah. and it says Wilson yeah. on it. It says Wilson on it. So um, in this match, Jim Cornette hits uh, Ahmed Johnson with a tennis racket and then like dips out backstage. Yeah. And, and uh, so Ahmed... He starts to get some offense in. He does a suplex to Vader. Um, and I and then I think he's going to go for the pin. Yeah, well, I have uh, Vader goes for the uh, Vader bomb. Well, he does, doesn't he switch it into a moonsault? Yeah, I, I put a shooting star press. No, it was a moonsault. Like, it's a moonsault. But no, 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 Vader's on the, the top yeah, rope. Yeah, yeah so Vader does normally does his Vader bomb at the middle rope where basically he, like, jumps on it a few times and then just lands, like... Belly, flop. belly, belly flops on this guy, right. but then he goes to the top rope and then does this. It's a moonsault. It's a moonsault. Yeah. yeah, off the top rope and then he he misses. So then Jim Cornette comes back out at this time, but Ahmed Johnson throws Jim Cornette. So Jim Cornette's in the ring and Ahmed Johnson throws him in the Vader and he just knocks out. And then Ahmed Johnson hits Vader with an awesome spine buster. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really good spine buster, especially for someone that size. Yeah, it, yeah, it was good. He picked him up very good. Force. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 he sold it very well. So Ahmad hits him with the spine buster, goes for the pin. Owen Hart then jumps out of commentary. And, and it's worth mentioning that Owen Hart has a cast on his forearm. Um from something that we don't know about, right? right he just, I didn't remember but seeing I remember Vince was saying that, like, is this cast fake? He's like, why would I, why would I walk around with a ugly piece of plastic on my arm if it was fake? But there's no recollection of him actually injuring well, yeah, himself. We, we hadn't seen him in any of the episodes we watched except for in the in the pay per view. Yeah, these will get better because we'll actually know the backstory. Right. But we kind of started <laughs> in like three three weeks late, but. To my knowledge, Owen Hart has never had a broken f- forearm. But either well, way, spoiler alert: two years later, he dies. Probably, yeah, <laughs> pretty sure he breaks his forearm. Yeah, yeah. pretty sure he breaks his neck. <laughs> yeah. um, so Owen Hart jumps off the turnbuckle during uh, when Ahmed tries to go for the pin after the spinebuster hits him off the turnbuckle, lands almost like an elbow drop, but it hits him with the cast, uh, and Ahmed is out, like yeah. out, out. Yeah. Uh, Vader goes for the pin, one, two, three, or I even have in my notes, man they call Vader, <laughs> goes for the pin, one, two, three. Yeah, um, and so he gets the win and moves on to the next round. Yeah, so Ahmad is out from this, and I mean like out, out, like they carry him out on a stretcher out. So he's knocked out. He's not showing any signs of movement from this cast. So later they show him getting pushed on a stretcher to the ambulance, and Goldust stops him. Right. Goldust is very concerned for Ahmed Johnson, even yeah. though he had interfered in his match before. And he begins to administer mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, and I'm not talking like mouth-to-mouth, like one, two, three, and then chest compressions. No, no. He mouth only goes from yeah. mouth-to-mouth. Yeah. So he goes in for like a kiss, stops, goes in for another kiss, and then like a third kiss. And I love so the gold paint. Yes, on I was going to say there's like lip. gold lipstick on <laughs> Ahmed Johnson's like mouth. And then, I mean, you got to give it to Goldust. 
Ahmed did wake up from yeah, this. He, he was unconscious the whole time. And then Goldust just mauled them all some, and now he's up. And this is a side of Ahmed that I've never, right, I haven't seen before. Crazy. Oh, he goes nuts. So Ahmed just starts flipping stuff, throwing stuff. He's pushing paramedics. He's walking down he the stairs. He's not a camera guy. At yeah, time. yeah. So he finds like Bob Howie, um, and he grabs him by the neck. And this was like a scene out of, if you remember from the Dark Knight when Batman is like interrogating the Joker. Yeah. It's almost similar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they stole this from this scene in 1996. Literally, Ahmed Johnson picks up Bob Holly from the neck that's just sitting like backstage, grabs him, and he like picks him up like Darth Vader does like a choke and literally goes, where is he? Like Batman went to right. in the Dark Knight. So they basically he just points to Goldust's lock or dressing room, as he would say, mm-hmm. and literally throws a guy through that door. Yeah, like it was insane. And he uh, never does find. He him. doesn't find him. But is this potentially Ahmed going heel? Because what he was doing I, was all heelish. I, like it he's was heelish pushing bystanders. Now, but I think just the general homophobia of america back then that uh goldust is just a basic heel no matter what he does because he kissed him you're gonna play the homo card right now i'm playing the homo card right now and i i'm you know we're coming up on pride week and um you know go queers but (laughs) (laughs) but i mean (laughs) go on but i'm just saying that it's just looked on with such a bad light in those times that I think no matter... That yeah, it, I mean, it, there's the homophobic references to it. It is yeah. justified in the mind of the, the wrestling fans back then, his reaction. I mean, Goldust kind of cosby him. Yeah, well, no, he, he brought him back. He brought him it, back. Yeah, that, I he mean... He was at death's door. It wouldn't hold up in a court of law. Yeah, he was not attempting to alienate affection. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's like all those paramedics are like, oh, I guess we never tried mouth to mouth. Who would have known? He's like, like, he's like calling it like concussion. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime in the NFL, they just have gold dust <laughs> sitting on the side. He could literally cure CTE by just being at every NFL game. <laughs> but either way, I I see a rivalry coming. Each of them. Uh, did not advance in the tournament because Goldust got double counted out. Ahmed Johnson um, is just, you know, freaking out now. Yeah. They're going to have some type of rivalry. Either here. way, I just love, and, like, and I never for- appreciated the Goldust character until, like, I'm actually physically watching it. Right. Way, one, he's weird as hell. Shout out to Two, Siraj, big Goldust guy. Yeah, I will also give a shout out to Siraj. We're not going to plug the uh, Manscaped because that's what he uses. <laughs> Big Manscaped guy, but Siraj, big Goldust guy. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Goldust is awesome. And, and I mean, is, like, he's he so is, weird, and he, he does, the like... the Intercontinental Champion, so I'm kind of correct, hoping maybe yeah. this is going to lead to Ahmed getting a shot, getting at the title, and maybe this is where his push starts. I don't know. Again, we're big Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, guys. we're all in for the ride here, guys. Yeah. Like, you're just as lost as we are, but we're trying to fill in the <laughs> gaps here. So next, we actually go back to the pay-per-view. 
And this is the strap match between uh, Steve Austin and Savio Vega. Uh, Like I said, um, in order to win this strap match, it is two people connected to one big long leather strap that's about maybe eight meters long. We're going meters? Uh, We have have a lot of followers in India. We have a, a good percentage of our followers are out of the United States. So I'll say it's about like... 10 feet long, nah, 6 I would feet say long. Feet now or meters? Give me one. I don't other. know because what I'm going to say is not going to make sense. Uh, it's about a furlong. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, probably, it's probably, yeah. It's probably a 10 foot, 10 foot strap. 10 foot strap. Three point, so about three and a like third meters. Three and a, yeah, about three, three and a half foot meters long. Yeah. <laughs> either but way, either way, the, in order to win, you have to touch each corner of the turnbuckle. Consecutively, okay, and, and I don't think we need to spend a huge amount of time on the goings on of the match. I, I have no notes for it. Okay, so, yeah. so I mean, it was a, it was actually a good entertaining match for a strap match, which I don't usually like because they're so limited with what they could do. But there Correct. was a lot of yeah. in and out of ring action, which was good. There was uh, some good offense on both sides. Yeah, and then but so really, where I'm the most confused, and I still never got this cleared up, is that at the end. Looks like Stone Cold's got the advantage. He's going, like we said, that he needs to touch all four turnbuckles consecutively Correct. to win. But what's happening, and he doesn't realize it. Well, let me back up yeah. just a little yeah. bit. So during when Stone Cold starts to touch the turnbuckles, he wraps the strap, all of, all of the slack, around Savio Vega's neck. So basically, Savio Vega is like within a foot distance of him, right. and he's dragging him by his neck. Right. So he's choking him out as Stone Cold is touching the turnbuckles. So as he touches turnbuckle number one, as he goes to turnbuckle number two, Savio taps it behind him. So literally, every time uh, Stone Cold touches the turnbuckle, you know, three or two seconds later, Savio is touching the next one. So they go to one, two, three, and they got to tag the Stone Cold has to tag the last fourth turnbuckle. But at this point, Savio Vega has the slack and he's pulling Stone Cold back. So it's basically a tug of war with the strap match. Um, So this goes on for uh, about a a minute or so. So they're going back, pulling, because whoever could tag this last turnbuckle wins. So Stone Cold gives a big pull and he almost throws Savio so far from this tug that Savio goes over Stone Cold as in like a counter attack and basically attacks the turnbuckle. Yeah, and explain and that gets, right? Yes, and he gets the win for, for that reason. And my, but my biggest confusion is you're supposed to touch the turnbuckles consecutively. Stone Cold's touching him. And then when Savio Vega touches it, shouldn't that cancel out the consecutiveness of it? Shouldn't it be, okay, now it's reset and he gets one. Then Stone Cold touches the next one. He's got one again. I don't understand what consecutive means if that's not the Well, rules. yeah, I agree with you. Consecutive would be I touch it four I times. All four yeah, if, you if I text the next one, it should almost cancel, right? right. Yeah, right. I, I so agree with I'm, that. That's I'm not very consecutive. confused on the rules here. I don't know if they just threw this curveball in. Because Maybe like, that's what makes it Caribbean. Well, because Maybe Caribbean the, doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. Well, in this match, like they are touching the turnbuckles. Right. But what, what do you consider consecutive? I if mean, you don't I touch the next that, one in I 30 think the seconds, other or. You can't touch the next one. I would think so. Middle. Yeah. Or, you know, you can't start to get in a big fight with the guy. It makes no sense. Either way, long and the short, Savio Vega is the winner of this match. And that means that Ted DiBiase has to leave the WWE. Yes. I think this is the biggest development of what we're going to see over the next few weeks is that Stone Cold 
is pretty mad. They're at odds, him and Ted DiBiase. So yeah. it seems like they're going to break up. Obviously, Ted DiBiase has got to leave, so he's not going to be managing Stone Cold anymore. And so I think, you know, we're kind of getting into... No more purple Yes, this is hopefully... I mean, I don't think this really starts to push for Stone Cold until maybe 98, but this is like... This should be the breaking point of where we see... The 316 Stone Cold Steve Austin. Either way, we're seeing the development of it. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I think you're on the right track here. Yes. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) All right. So, next match. We already took a pee. Yeah. yeah. Peas are done. And uh, shout out to Peas. (laughs) But we, so the next match, we're back to the pay per view. So, uh, Second match of pay-per-view part two, and they're actually calling it in your house part two now when you're watching the pay-per-view again. Um, and I should we should mention we didn't on the last match, but the commentary is not classic King Vince McMahon. It's Mr. Perfect and Jim Ross, which I'm loving the Jim Ross commentary play-by-play-wise. Yeah, we, we haven't seen him on commentary yet. I, obviously, if you're a long, long uh, wrestling fan, at least in the late 90s, uh, Jim Ross is like the Really good on the mic, but he's always backstage. So now he's actually on the mic, but he's yeah. with Mr. Perfect. And Mr. So. Perfect is okay, but he's no king. So that's really, I mean, JR does our, well. Our line of the night has already been said, right. you know, for this people for you, which I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because he's had some good ones. Well, this one starts, kinda well like, here's, I think we, we really are, are, you know, we don't get a good grasp of what King really had for that pay-per-view because he wasn't doing the whole match, the whole pay-per-view. He did the first match. He did the last match. All the other ones power right. was up. So, um, so that's the question. It's a philosophical question. Does the King have incredible lines when there's nobody there to hear them? It's like if a tree falls. Yes. Dude, that is so deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I do want to point this out in this match. So Vader comes out and... Jim Rocco, Jim Roscoe's the 458 pounder, and the announcer literally this is all in 10 seconds. So Jim Roscoe's the 458 pounder, the man they call Vader, and then they announce Vader as 456 pounds. I go, <laughs> oh, Vader lost two pounds, and then Mr. Perfect goes the 460 plus Vader. Literally, well, it's all within 15 seconds. They give him three different weight names. Well, I think I would I would say the official weights probably, you know, you get that naked weight for your weigh-in, you know, like they do. I think Jim Ross's weight. But they mention his weight like several other times, and it's different every time. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? When it's that many. When you're Why that are we heavy, talking about Vader's when weight when you heavy, have yeah. When you're that heavy, you, you move pounds like nothing. It's not a big deal. You know, it's Vader just, took a shit before this match. <laughs> The 456-pounder. So, yeah, I mean... But, but why okay. are we not talking about Yokozuma's yeah, okay, weight? Because yeah, so he's like 200 pounds more than Vader. Right, and, and, I, and I I did a little research, and there's not any definitive answer on what the heaviest This WWF, is the heaviest match I've ever seen in my entire life. I think this has got to be it. This has got to take and, the cake. But even so, it's a fairly athletic match for the people who are in it size-wise. I would agree. They've got some... Ag- they're very agile. They can move. Uh, you know, Vader, like we mentioned, in that raw does a moonsault, which you would never see somebody that big doing a Crazy. moonsault. Crazy, yeah, yeah. He does a flip. Yeah. I don't know that. I 
I failed physics twice, and I still can't figure out how. Right. Well, it was on that the man they call Vader project, right? <laughs> they call Vader. <laughs> You're yes. trying to figure out the G force of yes. of a man who's yeah. 450. But he also has his own gravitational pull, so yeah. it makes no sense to me. Right. But all in all, good match, kind of entertaining with the size. Yeah, I mean, the beginning um, of the match, literally, so it's like Yokozuma is the face of this match, and Vader is clearly the heel. But Vader stands off in a three-point, like, lineman stance for football several times until, like, they finally kick this thing off. Yeah, and, and I kind of starts, like, a sumo action. Uh, but it's a good match, and, and uh, ultimately, I think it's kind of some trick, trickery at the end, right? And Vader yeah, gets the, uh, uh, Jim Cornette comes out, um, tries to interfere, and then... I don't have notes, Yokozuna but I'm, he tries to in. shake Yokozuma's yeah. hand because he tries getting caught right, interfering right, right. with yeah. his tennis racket. Um, and then... Um, Vader wins is what we're trying to get to here. Yeah, I think Yokozuma tries to go. Vader wins. Vader wins. I don't, I don't want to spend too much time. Yeah, just it. watch it, yeah. guys. It's entertaining. You don't see people that big move yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, I, I think they're still giving Vader his push. Uh, we'll see where. It yeah, leads. but he's still undefeated. Yeah, so Vader is still undefeated in still WWF undefeated. right now. And um, yeah, we'll see where it goes with Yokozuna. I think his best years are behind him already, but. Uh, I'm sure I, he still's got a couple of years of, of active WWF career. Yeah, but for um, for Cornette Camp, Jim Cornette, if Ted DiBiase is out the picture, does he steal all of his heels? I I don't know. That could that could be what happens. Could be for the future. Uh, so the last match, then we finally have the main event, and that is the casket match um, with Goldust. And The Undertaker. Uh, I think it's uh, episode two for us, or maybe two or three, where they're really starting to push this promo. Mankind's kind of interfering with this match as Goldust is like, I don't even know what you describe Mankind at this point, because Mankind, for all we know right now, and is not really wrestling. He's just well, interfering I, yeah. and kind of being a wild Yeah, I, I, I saw him in a match. Um, I did watch like the episode before we started doing this podcast and he was in a match and won, but I guess against Bart Gunn, I think actually, but in all honesty, mankind's probably undefeated as well. Right. It's, it's very possible or he just doesn't even care sometimes. Well, but he, what they, what, he's playing, he's playing the thing that he just doesn't, doesn't he, care. He's, he's just, just all about chaos, he's just right? about inflicting pain on people. And he does a really awesome promo in that match. That I, that I mentioned where he just discusses what the mandible claw is and why he chose it as a move. And he gets into the nerve endings and the soft tissue under the tongue. And it's really creepy and good. Well, elaborate a little bit because I'm, I'm unaware of this. So, so, so here's what happens. And this is taking us back about three, four weeks to the episode before we started this podcast. Maybe we should have started it a week prior. But um, What's the thing? Like, we're, gonna, we're just going <laughs> to... Throw a dart in the middle of this. No, like, here's there's also the thing. We have a, yeah, we have a time machine, so we can go wherever <laughs> wherever we need to go. Um, so, but yeah, he so he beats Bart Gunn in this match, and he he holds the mandible claw on a little extra at the end, and you know people have to come try to pull him off of Bart Gunn. Bart Gunn's like unconscious. Um, so then you go to there's few few things happen on the episode, and then it goes to J- Jr. doing an interview with Mankind, and Mankind's just sitting on the landing of a stairwell, 
leading to the basement of the arena they're in. And he just goes off on a big tangent and he goes, well, why did you, why did you do that to him? Why did you hold on to it? And he goes, well, you know, while searching for the most painful move, um, I researched all the nerve endings on the human body. And like, <laughs> it's just a really great promo. And he talks about, he's like, in the mouth, under the tongue. There's the most is that legit stuff. though? Yeah, that's the, that's why he does it. No, but is this like a legit move though? Like if I literally I, I push under your so. tongue for a man. Uh, I mean, call. I don't know how legit. Like, but he said it renders temporary paralysis by exerting the pressure onto that spot. Like it's super. Yeah, painful. I mean the fiend doesn't know. We could try it on right? Moon real quick. Yeah, the fiend doesn't know. Yeah, the fiend doesn't know. Moon, will you be our guinea pig? Can we do Can we the mandible claw, claw you? On you? What if I put my sock? Ah, oh, damn, I don't have any socks. You no, have any I have socks. a... You're right next to my closet. Oh, Podcast. Right? I get one of Robert's socks. clean socks. What, what? He wants to be choked. That's what that means, <laughs> yeah. right? Tim's always told me he likes to be choked. I mean, who doesn't? But, like, it's the yeah. mandible claw. Like, could, in the UFC, can you just rip a mandible claw? Well, I don't think you could put your fingers in orifices. In the UFC. Mm. Like, you couldn't finger a butthole like gold. Because I was going to be like, dude, I'm going to be an MMA fighter that only sticks their fingers up a guy's asses to win. No, I think they out they outlawed that in, like, 1999. But, I mean, can't you not bite on someone's fingers? Yeah, you can't bite people either. Oh, yeah, it's a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> if you bite, you get disqualified or get the mandible called to death. Yeah, so, I mean, that would be the defense. I think it doesn't really... I mean, if somebody put their finger in your mouth, you're going to bite the shit out of them. So that would be the defense in real life. Uh, I don't know if it works I'm in wrestling. pretty freaking aroused right now. <laughs> All but, this talk. So you can tell we're getting into this Mankind thing for some reason, even though he's not part of this match, allegedly. Yeah, so we'll, get, we'll dive in the match. This is the on the pay-per-view. This will be the main event, which... After watching all the matches, I, I think this shit the is match, probably main yeah. event. Yeah. yeah, Match of the night, do we agree? Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, match of the night. So it's Goldust um, versus Undertaker. Goldust comes out, and then Undertaker's music hits. And I I mean, you got to watch through any Undertaker entrance besides when he comes out to like Limp Bizkit. It's phenomenal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I am. Uh, this is you, where we might disagree, man. I am not a big keep rolling, rolling, rolling keep guy. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. What? Keep rolling. No, yeah, that's his yeah, third. Yeah, what? Best, that's his third. What is entry. right? That American Badass by Kid Rock, um, who used the turnbuckle. Okay, uh, so hold uh, on. Turnbuckle well, promo. What, what's his, Primal. what's his, yeah, his third best entrance. That's his third. No, there's another one that's really bad. Uh, when he becomes the, really comes back as the American Badass, he has some country song. And it's mm. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 right. That doesn't count. No, it counts. Oh, come on. Okay. Either way. Mark Calloway, what are you, what, what were you doing? I mean, we, we've all had mistakes in the early 2000s that were like, what What the hell were we doing? Right. But I, I think this is a pretty cool entrance, mostly because you, you hear the doom. And Paul yeah, Bear so Paul Bear is coming out, um, and he has the urn for The Undertaker, and... The lights are dim, and then they finally, all the lights come on. You're like, where the hell is the Undertaker? Well, the Undertaker just automatically appears behind Goldust in the ring. Yeah, and Goldust has no idea. He's just waiting for him. He's like, where is he? Where is he? 
And boom, Undertaker's right behind him, punches him, and the match gets underway. He doesn't really get that much of an advantage, to be honest, because Goldust just rolls out of the ring. Yeah, we're watching, like, I feel like we've been in the position where Undertaker's always very been dominant. And I know you sent this earlier about, like, how Mankind's always done one over Undertaker, which is true. And to this day, I don't think anyone's gotten over on the Undertaker as much as Mankind has. But a very good... Evenly match. I mean, Taker's taken about probably sixty-five eh, percent of this match on yeah, offense. It's it's pretty even. Uh, so more even than like right now in hindsight, you would say Goldust versus the Undertaker should ever be. Correct. Like with the myth of what the Undertaker is, one of the goats, and Goldust being almost like this comical bizarre. Yeah, you want yeah. to talk but about I mean, Goldust, bizarre? Goldust. <laughs> he he did as well as he could with that character. Yeah, for sure. And I mean it. Goldust is a pretty tall guy. I think he's six seven, right? Uh, I would say six four, probably. I'm six seven. Uh, I gotta be taller than Goldust. Moon, for Tom's sake, I mean Goldust is pretty big, so it's it, it's a it's a still a good match. And Taker is doing his like his thing for the early '90s. You know, he's going on the top rope and going off on that like arm chop. But there is a spot in this match where um, Goldust. Does a tombstone to Taker? Right, it's a really yeah. weak one. But it's like, weak, it's but his like, also his head is like way below his knees. knees. Like he, yes, you he saw that. that. So, yeah. So with with, with the tombstone, like in order to not, you know, paralyze your opponent, you got to put their head above your knees. But as you can tell, he's doing this tombstone. It is. That's his why I'm telling like you that that six inches below his knees. Six seven. If he's six seven, he could clear his knees. But he's he's six four, and that's why he's. Head I'm not here to argue. I'm just saying that Moon should probably be looking the shit up yeah, instead of playing Pokemon Go. A, a, what, a what are you what are you catching in my house? It's Pidgey, I think. Moon, what do you Instagram. what do you? Oh, he's on. Oh, you know, fat ass is on Instagram. Yeah, yeah fat ass Pidgey's on Instagram. <laughs> Pidgey, Pidgey's on titties. Yeah, look up the Pidgey's on titties Instagram. <laughs> in, no, in no way associated with this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yes. so, so it's a decent match, yeah. but so during this match, like Goldust is actually, actually getting most it. of the offense because he he's Undertaker in the casket, in the twice, casket first. Twice. So the casket is sitting ringside, and as if if you remember from the previous episodes, this casket is all all gold, and it has Goldust's name on it. But you can see there's a spot where they throw, um, they show the casket; it's completely open. Then Undertaker throws Goldust over the top rope, and he lands on the casket, but it's now closed. I didn't notice. And that. then they have two refs like holding the casket open oh, no, I did. and closing yeah, it. I think yeah, clo- you know they they open it when it's like an imminent entrance, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna close. Okay. It. Or our yeah. arms are tired. <laughs> yeah, their arms are tired then. <laughs> so basically, um, there's two refs holding the casket open. Um, Goldust throws Undertaker in it, rolls him in there, and then Goldust goes to shut the casket, but Undertaker's arm just quickly yeah. gets out and starts choking Goldust. But during this time, uh, obviously, if you're not familiar with the casket, it has hinges on it, but the hinges break yeah. when the Undertaker opens it back up and releases it. The whole top of the casket breaks off. Um. I mean, there's some more interesting yeah, stuff another, in this. It, it continues on, but ultimately, um, Goldust gets Undertaker back in. 
to the casket. Undertaker makes him offense to come out, but then Mankind shows up. Yeah, so actually, um, they get back in the ring, and Goldust goes to throw um, Undertaker back into the casket. Oh, right. And as the refs open the casket, boom, Mankind out of nowhere is laying in the casket, gets Undertaker the mandible claw. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how, like, you can hear, and I rewind, I'm like, well, clearly, if mankind comes out, you got to hear fans like right. chant, right? He was under so the he's casket clearly the whole time. under the casket the whole time. So they open the casket up, boom! Mankind pops in, gives him the mandible claw, lays him to rest inside the casket. They shut the casket. Goldust wins. So then they have Paul Bear looking over the casket, yeah, concerned and, and also, for Undertaker. You know the hinges are broken on the casket. Correct. Mankind. Yeah. And they mentioned that it's a casket tightener, which I didn't know oh, yeah, it yeah, was a yeah. specific tool. That Thank exists. you for bringing this up, too, because I forgot. But but they, Mankind has this, and he tightens the casket shut. Basically locking the casket, right. but we both know that the hinges that, that broke earlier in this match. The top of it tilted slightly where it's clearly not on it yes. all the way. It, it, it's not a sealed casket. Yeah. The hinges already broke in this match, which I know was <laughs> not I, You know, I suspended my, my disbelief, and yeah, I was like, you got to okay. go over cavehave a little bit. Yeah, so I, I was like, oh, man, what's happening? What's he going to do? And then him and Goldust just leave. Yeah, so him and Goldust but leave, and now there's the coming. casket is literally smoking. So there's which smoke coming from the casket, about. and everyone's like, what the hell is going on? Paul Bear's like, open the casket. He needs his undertaker. So the refs wait a good 30 seconds before they deliver on that. They don't even untighten it. Like Their man- arms were tired. Yeah. <laughs> I thought mankind tightened the casket. They just open it up. But boom. The Undertaker is gone. No, nothing. He was just on the casket, started smoking, and now the Undertaker's gone? Yeah, and, and Paul Bearer is beside himself. with He doesn't know what happened. He's freaking out. And and I really love Paul Bearer's emotions. Like he's he's such a creepy dude, and you never really like root for him. You don't. But, but you then don't. when he's afraid and like freaking out, or he's about to get beat up, I feel sorry for him. Oh you know? yeah. I'm like man, well, don't like, hurt that fat you know Percy Pringle right there. He's a nice guy. Yeah. But, but he. It's but almost like Stockholm syndrome for Paul Bear, right? Yeah. Like yeah, he's doing the wrong thing, but you also have like. A bit of sympathy for yeah, him. Yeah, I definitely you do. You resonate with Paul Bear. I do. I do resonate with Paul Bear. I'm going to get a Paul Bear tattoo with Mike Ingrell. What did he say earlier? Fanging and banging. Fanging <laughs> and banging, baby. Shout out to David Heath. Hope you're listening. <laughs> Thanks for the cameo. Was it through cameo? Yeah. Cameo. Well, I still got um, Dog the Bonnie Hunter for this podcast. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, I'll plug it, it in right now. Hey, I'm Dog the Bonnie Hunter. <laughs> That's all we could afford, guys. Yeah. <laughs> 250 bucks. If you guys want to donate, feel free to or check out. Or you get a out. sweet cameo from David Heath, a.k.a. Gangrel, for 25 Was that $25? $25. Wait, for real? Yeah. Wait, did I guess that earlier? You said 20 <laughs> I got five on it. That was the five that Moon donated. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. I appreciate it. So instead it. of doing an ad for Moon. It was really only $25? Yeah. 
I'm going to get him for every podcast. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. We can get him on here for 50 probably. For, for whatever. No, no, no. Whatever. Let's, not, oh, let's not say 50 on air. I'll edit that out. <laughs> it's going to be like, we can get him on here for thirty nine ninety nine. dollars I'll edit that in. <laughs> I think, you know, when we get to the Gangrel character, I think it would be cool to have someone like that. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, shout out to Moon. Um, he, uh, he did donate $5 to this podcast. Uh, even though he ruined a lot of a lot of parts of this episode by not looking things up, I mentioned the Sunny Shirt though, right earlier yeah, in you the episode. The okay, shirt, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't drop a name for the donation. Oh, uh, I gotta look up who sent this to me. Um, but yeah. George Samatter. There we go. George Samatter. Shout out to George Samatter. Um, for the $150 donation for the Sunny Shirt. Well, I feel like we should do a lot more for him than for Moon. Yeah, maybe the next podcast. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to do maybe a whole series on George. Yeah. I mean, I got people that want to be on this podcast that are hitting me up in New York and shit. So um, maybe if they pay, we can get them on we for like a pay-per-view. What's, what's the matter with you segment? Oh, and keep a little homage to our first yeah, biggest donator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what's the matter with you? Yeah, I like <laughs> it. Um, so all all together, I guess we'll recap this. Best match of the night. Are you going to go with Undertaker uh, Goldust? Casket match. Um, then, weirdly, not a pay-per-view match, but Ahmed Johnson Vader is my number two. Yeah, I will also. That was, I mean, for a guy that's big enough that can't really work i thought it was a really good match yeah i literally watched it when i texted you we were going to do this podcast yesterday and it was super late and i don't think you you can get here in time so i'm like all right well i'll just finish this pay-per-view real quick i watched that match in the sh- i i put my phone in the shower and i watched <laughs> it in the shower and like the Ahmed johnson one? no body wash was added oh, i just i, I just say. sat under the hot water and watched that entire match it was it was good I wish yeah i was there for that if you told me that's what was happening i would have uh Made more of an effort. Well, I'll show you when this, when this, and I'll show you where I did it. <laughs> um, other than that, it was, a, I mean, okay, it was it, an okay pay per view. I, I mean, look, I was all this right is with the it. most unique experience of a pay per view that we'll probably ever witness just because of the power outage. I can't imagine it ever happens. No, again. it's only going to get easier from here, guys. Probably, like, I yeah. appreciate the patience. I know it's confusing, but like, should have started this podcast in July. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm glad I saw this because it's it's funny and, and different. Well, I'm glad he caught on because you're like, yeah. hey, before you watch this pay-per-view, like, well, they, watch you know, this raw in between. the power going out in that for like, oh, we could lose power at any given time because the storms were so bad. Yeah, I mean, they showed like their wires that connected to the trucks. <laughs> they were like in a foot of water, so I get it. Like, yeah. Probably power is going to go out, but that's not even your only concern. Probably someone's going to get electrocuted. Yeah, to yeah you could kill everybody. But um, what I mean, honestly, first pay per view that we got to watch. There's a ton more in your houses to come. Oh, so I, 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 I know. I, I, it it started showing the next in your house. I'm like, no, 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 no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I got to right. keep up with. So the I mean, I'm excited. Time. I'm actually after watching that, and I'm pumped for the King of the Ring. 
I'm glad that the King of the Ring is starting because yeah. it's not. I mean, there's already enough drama on like Monday Night Raw that we're, we're content. But a King of the Ring is good because I literally have no idea who's going to win this. Right. And I and saw I the the tournament. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. I think. Um, yeah. We're going to see maybe. Let me, uh, let me look up the bracket real quick. Yeah, let's look up the bracket because there's some uh, some good names that I remember. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think either Hawk or Animal from uh, the Legion of Doom are in this. And I remember um, my brother and I growing up were huge, like, LOD fans. Actually, there's a story. Um, I remember going to um, Toys R Us, and I, my brother and I would always go to the wrestling section and try to find a figure that we didn't have. And there was either Hawk or Animal from LOD, and it was like, I don't know, like, finding gold. And if you're a wrestling fan, you know that, like, that character's not easy to find and i remember begging my mom like buy this because it's going to be collectible like this is going to be worth money and the bitch said no (laughs) (laughs) shout out to carol again uh yeah so so we saw those first two matches but um triple h versus jake the snakes coming up bradshaw versus henry godwin of the godwins uh stone cold steve austin versus bob holly savio vega versus marty Jannetty. Mark Miro versus Skip Owen Hart and Yokozuna. So, Owen Hart and Yokozuna? Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's going to be the best match of them all. Yeah. But I don't know what. Is this uh, where he breaks his neck and dies? <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't know how Zip feels about only Skip getting in. Well, Zip probably, is very old. Uh, true, but so is Jake the Snake. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see uh, how it all goes. Yeah, well, I, mean, I feel like a, we're watching the end of Jake the Snake's. Career. I mean, if there's one match here that I'm confident is going to be a win, it's going to be that Mark Miro beats Skip. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, I mean, we all know that's coming. <laughs> we all know that's coming. There's no way he beat Triple H. He Skip better beat Skip. without Sunny is like Skippy without peanut butter. Yeah, what is it? Really? By the way, shout out to John Ballas. I am now a crunchy guy when it comes to peanut butter. Yeah, big crunchy guy. I've yeah. been crunchy for years. Yeah, but the thing is, the there needs to be consistency with the with the peanut butter, like with the crunch. Yeah, with the crunch. Like I had a crunchy uh, peanut butter, and it was all it was basically all peanuts. I'm like, nah, this is like a fucking payday. I'm not yeah. about that. Like an oh. occasional crunch is what you want. You know Did what you I mean? Get extra crunch. Maybe you got extra. Maybe crunch. I got extra crunch. Shout out, shout out to Skip and Zip. <laughs> for the peanut butter. That's a move you could do on a Skip or a Zip, but you could never do that on a Yokozuma. All right. Um, I mean, we're yeah, about an we hour and a half on this podcast. Yeah, it's not This that is bad. like three times as long as a normal episode that we critique, and we only get an hour and a half. And yeah, we're an I had your birthday present. And yeah, we had a lot going on in this podcast. I mean, like eight minutes worth of piss breaks um i don't know i mean like i've i've heard people say like yeah i love you guys talking wrestling but i love when you guys get sidetracked and like let's try not to get sidetracked but people love when we talk about off topics we we can talk about peanut butter who aren't wrestling fans who only watch this because we're hilarious and so (laughs) i think that uh i feel like but in this podcast like we're so down to business that we're not allowed to be ourselves you know what i mean like especially when if you have a conversation with us like 
anytime we talk, I'm dying 24-7. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like I only laugh a handful of times in this podcast. It's like, well, you, the, I don't know. You know. We have an obligation to our fans. If to, this doesn't to, work out, we'll just review fast food or something. Nah, nah leave, that to, leave that to the moon chains. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to moon. Shout out to Moon. Thanks for the $5 donation. Hopefully you make it to Texas safe and sound. Moon's moving to Texas, guys. He's had enough of our podcast and he wants to get as far away as possible. So if you want to be the either drink supplier or someone that at least Googles what the fuck we're talking about when we ask for it. Yeah, like you've got to be under level 40 in Pokemon. So we know you don't take it that seriously. We're just catching Pokemon the whole time we're filming a podcast. So, um, But also, yeah, you need to be quiet. Sometimes when we're peeing, we might need you to talk, so be knowledgeable about the subject matter. And I need you to keep an open opinion, because you might have to watch RuPaul's Drag Race with my fiancé, which I am going to plug. It's an amazing show. I've watched a couple episodes, and I'm like, what is going on? But they do these skits in RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's probably the funniest show on television. Like, I, I laugh my Besides, ass Besides um, late 90s wrestling, way funnier. Moon, don't be plugging other podcasts, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think we're gonna um, do a RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I mean, how do we do? We just wrap this thing up, or what? I oh, mean, no, the power's I, I, out. <laughs> I mean, uh, what do we need to plug anything? I feel like there's uh, well, there's a couple I, I, ads. I, I, I would say. We should uh, reiterate, uh, if you want Primal, Turnbuckle, it's the promo code. Yeah, I have a um, couple new plugs that came through that donated, but I don't want to give them. I want to keep pay-per-views for top payers. Yeah. So our next Raw, we'll just we'll, plug we'll the the people that already donated. I we'll have, be, um, and I, you know, I was out of town, so a week and a half is going to be a long wait for you guys. This it's so uh, we don't we'll do we, daily we don't, episodes from now on. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, we can't do daily, but I, I wish. Yeah. So keep donating. Yeah, yeah. Make me quit my job so we can do daily. Yeah. Um, Tim just sent me the meme of the wrap it up box from Chappelle Show. <laughs> now I just want to keep talking to fuck with Tim. I know. Yeah, I know he wants to go home. Okay, so we won't plug anything until the raw. Yeah, if you we'll, want to get on the pay per view spot. Pay top money like George Smatter, who bought me the Sunny shirt, which I am ordering today. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. Um, we will try to get the next episode up as soon as possible. But for